It's the show that brings you to your raw to solve all problems. It starts with real talk. It's real talk. Yeah, right. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. You heard me say, yeah, right. That's Lola cracking, cracking jokes with me uh, right before I come on the air. But we are here at six o'clock straight up, which means uh, it is time and it's Monday, right? Yeah. So it's time for Real Talk Memphis. Very glad to be here back in the air chair after a week. Uh, hope you are doing well wherever you are, whoever you are. Uh, yeah, this just in. It's dark. It's 6 o'clock, it's dark. But it's been dark since, what, about 5.15, 5.30, somewhere in that area. So that daylight savings time thing kicked in. And if you hadn't changed your clocks by now, well, there's really no hope because you've missed out on a whole lot of things today. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's 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 dark. So and it takes people to, uh, a little time to get used to all of this. You know, in spring, we lose an hour, right? Uh, sometime around, what is it, March, I think it is. And then we get an hour back this time of year. But for a lot of folks, it messes up your sleep pattern. Now, I don't know if that's uh, if, if you all fall into that category or not, but for many people, uh, it has uh, happened. So uh, very happy to have you here uh, on uh, this Monday. We hope we have a good show for you tonight because we always effort uh, to do that. Uh, a program note. Uh, Carol Jackson, who was supposed to be here, she's the executive director of Families Matter. Uh, she called this afternoon, had an issue, uh, which is going to preclude her from being with us uh, this evening, but we will reschedule her uh, in uh, her place. Uh, we are going to be talking about a very serious issue uh, that affects uh, each and every one of us. Uh, you know, uh, there was a quote in the paper about the crime in our city, and they call it a crime crisis, and I believe that's a very apt term, but we're going to be speaking with uh, a gentleman who is a medical physician. His name is Dr. Derek Kelly. Uh, he is a pediatric uh, orthopedic surgeon working out of Campbell Clinic and the Bonner Children's Medical Care and uh, uh, Medical Center. And uh, as many of you know, our young people are, 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 are shooting each other at an alarming rate. Many of our young people have died from gunshot wounds. Well, he treats a lot of these gunshot victims, and he's going to talk about uh, how uh, it has impacted uh, the medical community uh, in, in a lot of ways, including people who are coming in to be treated for other illnesses and ailments uh, that can't get the treatment that they need because doctors are so busy trying to repair gunshot victims, uh, especially some of our young people. So I look forward to having that conversation with him in just a few minutes. Uh, a little bit later on, we are going to be speaking with Tiffany Perry, she is the external relations uh, chief uh, at uh, Freedom Prep Academy. And Freedom Prep Academy uh, is a school that just minds its own business and does its own thing. Uh, they are highly successful uh, in this city. Uh, and they, she's, uh, Tiffany's going to join us. She uh, is uh, going to spread the word about uh, uh, 
the uh, school's upcoming 15th anniversary, which is next year, uh, celebrating 15 years of preparing Memphis students in grades pre-K through 12. And uh, she's also going to talk about uh, them opening up their first school in Birmingham, Alabama next year. So a lot to talk about, a lot of pride going on at Freedom Prep Academy. And a bit later on in the broadcast, we are going to hopefully be speaking with someone uh, who many of you are familiar with. She is a broadcast icon in this city. Uh, been at Action News 5 close to 30 years, if not 30 years. Kim Clark is going to be joining me in the second half hour. Of course, uh, you see her uh, every day on the uh, Action News 5 at 4 p.m. And, of course, as I said, Kim has been around a long time. And we're going to talk about her career and the changing face of news gathering uh, in 2023. So there you go. A good show on tap for you this evening. But as we always do this time of the broadcast, we celebrate you. Uh, if you have been fortunate enough to make another trip around the sun, uh, this is the time that we celebrate you and your accomplishments. It's called the birthday shout out, and nobody does it better than we do, or at least that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But we can't start doing that until I say, hit it, Brent. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Going out to the following, Deborah. Bridges Cable celebrating today. Happy birthday, Marlon Montgomery. Happy birthday to Rogers Kimbrough, Deborah Weeks, and Tanya Staples Rogers. A short list uh, this week, but nonetheless, if you celebrated your birthday over the weekend or today or sometime this week. Uh, congratulations to you. Uh, wishing you nothing but the best from all of us here at Real Talk Memphis and we hope to be around next year to celebrate your next trip around the sun. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. So, in news and notes, and, uh, you know, generally we have uh, breaking news that sort of changes things, and we did have some late this afternoon. Uh, County Clerk Wanda Halbert, uh, we found out that the Poplar Plaza uh, location of her, of her office uh, is closing, uh, and they are closing... Thursday, like three days from now, Thursday. Apparently, uh, according to the CAO, Harold Collins, uh, the rent has not been paid on the facility uh, for the last several months. And uh, that means uh, that the folks who own the property are saying, time's up, you got to move, you got to close it so we can get somebody in here. Uh, so that's a big blow uh, to uh, many people because that is a very centralized location at Poplar Plaza. And a lot of people use that, uh, to handle their business as well. But after Thursday, uh, that will not be the case uh, anymore. Uh, so uh, I'm sure that there will be, uh, more details in reference to that, but that's, uh, that was a big surprise this afternoon. Absolutely that. And again, uh, it will close. You have to, if you have business out there, you have another couple of days to do it there. And then of course, that facility will be closed. We will keep an eye on that and uh, keep you apprised of what is happening. So uh, the four officers uh, of the five who have been uh, accused of uh, the death of Tyree Nichols were in court uh, this morning. Uh, and uh, a court date for their trial has finally been assigned. Uh, they go to court on August 12th of next year. Today is being Justin Smith Demetrius Haley and Emmett Martin are facing charges 
of second degree murder, assault, official misconduct, and kidnapping. Again, this this, uh, this trial will take place next uh, August. Uh, Also, uh, last week, uh, the other officer, the fifth officer, Desmond Mills, uh, pled guilty in federal court to all charges. He initially filed, he initially said he was uh, pled not guilty. Well, he changed his plea to federal, I mean, uh, to uh, to guilty on uh, uh, two of the four charges against him in federal court. Uh, this is uh, after accepting a plea deal uh, for a recommended sentence of 15 years. Now, the 15 years, uh, this is a state case and a federal case. This 15 years uh, is going to combine both of those, uh, according to the plea deal, in exchange for any information that he knows uh, in reference to uh, what his comrades did that particular night uh, in reference to uh, Tyree Nichols. So very interesting there. Now, uh, the 15 years is a recommendation, but it has to be finally approved by the judge. And that won't happen until sometime around August of next year uh, as well. So we say welcome to our good friends uh, from the Church of God in Christ. Uh, Tomorrow uh, is the beginning of the 115th Holy Convocation, right here where it all started in Memphis, Tennessee. The saints are here. Many of them are here, and thousands of them are here from all across the country uh, for the next uh, seven days. It starts uh, tomorrow, the 7th, and it goes through the 14th. Uh, So again, let us show them our best side, okay? This is a chance for Memphis to shine uh, as a showcase. So let us uh, pray that uh, they have a good time while they're here. There are no incidents while they are here and that they can come and enjoy uh, fellowship and their convocation safely with no incidents uh, or anything else that is happening in our city. Uh, Big doings at the FedEx Forum tonight. College basketball season uh, officially starts. The Memphis Tigers are playing uh, their first game of the season tonight right here at the FedEx Forum against Jackson State University. And uh, that that is their first game. And, of course, uh, Coach Penny Hardaway has been suspended for the first three games of the season, including tonight. Uh, but he will be back soon. Uh, there were some NCAA violations that he's got to uh, pay penance for in reference to that. Uh, and uh, the Downtown Restaurant Week begins today. 50-plus uh, restaurants uh, and uh, you know other places are, are going to be offering you discounts just in time for Kojic to come in town. How about that, right? Uh, discounts, and also for those of you who live here or anybody else, uh, $1 parking from like 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. So uh, that's not bad either, uh, to tell you the truth. So go out if you, uh, you know, are so inclined. You know, Lola's a, a social butterfly. She likes to Lola go there. See that's see that's just wrong. See we 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 gonna we gonna we gonna we gonna shoot that 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 fru out of there. We're not gonna do we we talk about any kind of issues. But anyway, there the restaurant week starts uh, today uh, and it goes through the week. And uh, the Memphis Grizzlies won their first basketball game of the year last night. How about that? So they're one up and six down. But you got to start from somewhere, right? Right. Uh, That takes a look at the news and notes on this Monday evening. We're going to take our first break of the evening. And when we come back, we're going to get into some uh, good conversation uh, with some great guests. What do you say right here on this edition of Real Talk Memphis? I'm Chip. You know who you are. Quick break. Right back.
If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Do you want to help bring Raised by Soundfest to life? Join us on December 2nd to make music, memories, and a difference. Sign up to volunteer for Raised by Soundfest today and help us make it happen. More info at volunteer.wyxr.org. WYXR's biggest annual event is back. Raised by Soundfest is Saturday, December 2nd at Crosstown Concourse, sponsored by Memphis Presents. Free live music all day long featuring Bass Drum of Death, AJ Haynes, Rod Smoth, Rosie, Madam Frankie, and the U of M Blue Tom Review. Capped off with two fundraising events, Cat Power sings Dylan, the 1966 Royal Albert Hall concert at Crosstown Theater, and the DJ After Party with Alex Brown at Crosstown Arts Green Room. Get details about the fest and tickets to fundraising events at RaisedbySoundFest.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. Hey, welcome back to... Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. Chip with you. And uh, 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 the, our first guest tonight uh, is uh, kind of on the front lines of what we deal with every day in terms of the violence in our city. Uh, you know, it's, it's a crime crisis here in Memphis, and we all know that. Uh, but uh, one group of people that we don't really hear from in reference to this who deal with it on a, almost a daily basis are our, our medical community. Uh, and I'm very pleased to have uh, with us uh, this evening Dr. Derek Kelly. He is a pediatric uh, orthopedic surgeon. He works out of Campbell Clinic and Labonner Children's Hospital. And Dr. Kelly, uh, it is great to see you. And thank you for coming on Real Talk tonight. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for this opportunity. So, you know, you you deal with uh, 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 the younger uh, generation. And of course, uh, we know that uh, uh, a lot of the uh, the victims that you see uh, are uh, are younger uh, individuals. Uh, and, and of course, they, they, they come to your operation room, operating room and things like that. You have to operate on these folks from your perspective uh, as an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, just how bad uh, is the problem uh, in reference to our young people getting shot and wounded in our city? Yes, sir. I, I think this is gaining a lot more attention, and, and it should because, you know, it, it affects our kids and, and all of our communities around the country. But I think one of the reasons this is moving to the forefront and becoming a topic of interest is the recent CDC report that listed uh, gunshot injuries as the number one cause of death in children in the United States mm -hmm. for the third year running. Uh, beating out cancer and car accidents. So it's really raising a lot of eyebrows as to how do we stop our, our kids from being uh, injured and killed by, by firearms. 
you know, that's very, very interesting. And when you when you uh, you know relate a statistic like that, uh, it it has to stop people in their tracks. I mean, you know, we we see it every day around here uh, in one form or fashion or the other. You obviously see situations like that. And there's always there's also uh, you know uh, something you know attached to this on the back end. You're so busy, and I've talked to physicians before about this, uh, treating uh, so many gunshot victims uh, that uh, come into your ER uh, that there are other patients who have other illnesses uh, who are being neglected uh, you know, at, at, at a particular point in time uh, as well. Can you speak a little bit to that? Well, we are fortunate to uh, live in the community of Memphis where we have a, a strong health system. And, uh, of course, from COVID and beyond, all of our healthcare systems are under significant strain. However, uh, I can tell you that at least where I work uh, in the healthcare facilities where I work, Regional One, Baptist and Labonner and Campbell Clinic, uh, we get them all taken care of. But uh, these, these injuries that don't need to occur, they're so labor intensive, they're so resource intensive when these kids get shot that it does put a big strain on the system. Uh, blood has always been an issue. The blood shortage, the blood, supri- blood supply here in Memphis uh, has always been uh, a challenge and an issue uh, for the uh, medical community. Um, does uh, what you see on a daily basis out here uh, put even an additional strain on that because of the resources being pulled maybe from one uh, side to another? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is a huge concern in our city. Uh, from the two level one trauma centers at Regional One and Labonner, as well as St. Jude. Uh, we have a huge demand for blood products. People are always asking me because they know that this is a topic of interest of mine, but what can they do to help? And there's so many things that each individual can do. Mm-hmm. But if you can donate blood, if you're allowed to donate blood, please do so as frequently as you can. Uh, we certainly cannot have enough in our local community. Yeah, this is uh, this is indeed, you know, uh, adding to an already difficult and challenging uh, problem. And, you know, you mentioned at the top about uh, this getting uh, this this whole issue of, of juvenile uh, you know, uh, juvenile violence uh, becoming a, a greater issue, not only here, uh, but nationally as, as, as well. I'm sorry, my, my mic is kind of going in and out. But uh, and, and you mentioned that and that that really is because of the the, the report that you just cited uh, that uh, this is becoming the number one killer of young people and as a physician and i don't know if you're married or have children or not but as a physician uh, when you think about that on the whole and of course you deal with this on a daily basis i mean you know how does it make you feel i mean what do you think uh, when 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 you hear and you see uh things happen like this far too regularly yeah so i mean you, you brought it up i am a father and uh, and so i think about my own children all the time when i see this and one of my main motivating factors to get involved in this particular issue and try to raise raise awareness is my own children. I, I don't want them to be uh, to be a victim of any of this violence. Um, I, I educate them constantly on guns and and to be aware of their surroundings and understand what to do when they come across a firearm, uh, because it's so prevalent in our community. Uh, it's a shame that our children have to go through active shooter training and uh, survival awareness training and how to um, how to re- behave and react around guns because it, it is so common. It is it is a, is a huge challenge. Um, I'm working with uh, a number of research organizations, as well as in Memphis, in Memphis at Labonner Children's Hospital, looking at our last uh, decade's worth of data on pediatric gun violence. And our numbers are just going straight up. They, we, they mirror the national trend. Uh, we are certainly a part of that. 
that is uh, that's a, that's a, that's frightening, uh, you know, actually to uh, to hear about that and to see that and to talk about that. Of course, uh, we've had more than one conversation on this show about the accessibility uh, to weapons, the easy accessibility to weapons. It's so easy uh, to get a handgun in this town. Uh, and would you like? I mean, as a physician, uh, you know, the, we we've tried to lean on the legislature every time we have a shooting incident that involves young people. Or, or period, uh, we, we try to appeal uh, to them to change the laws, uh, to make it more difficult. I've had people to tell me uh, that in, at, 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 this, at this pace, there are more guns in this country than there are people in this country. And that, if that, and to me, that's one that basically stops me in my tracks. Uh, but I'm sure that this has been something that you have been wanting uh, to see legislatively changed as well, instead of trying to prohibit uh, people from getting gaining access to guns so easily to try to restrict them as much as possible, correct? Well, yes, of course. And as you pointed out, I, I'm, I'm a healthcare provider. I'm a surgeon. I'm not a policymaker. I'm not a legislator. I'm not a law enforcement official. So some of the decisions uh, about this are out of my control. But what is it within my control is to look at the data that we have and try to raise, raise awareness. And over the last decade, I can tell you and, and your audience, your listeners, what we have seen and the biggest rise is in assaults uh, it's in the use of handguns and it's in our adolescent and and just below that uh, preteen age groups mm. so if we want to be most aggressive and if we want to make the biggest impact uh, it's it's handguns used for accidents or assaults um, now there are still shotgun injuries there are still hunting rifles there are suicides but the the biggest impact we can have is on getting these handguns out of these positions where they can be used in assaults and accidents. And probably the best thing that any of us can do who own a gun is to keep it unloaded and safely stored. Mm -hmm. If there's a loaded gun that a child has access to, it is much more likely to be used in an accident or an assault. It's uh, it's it's staggering, and I'm sure. And I've talked to uh, some uh, some of your colleagues uh, at working at some of the other facilities in town, and it just uh, I, I, I've had a couple of them uh, to tell me that it's just heartbreaking when you see uh, a young, uh, innocent child. Uh, who unfortunately was at the wrong place at the wrong time uh, and and winds up, uh, you know, coming to see you uh, in the surgery room to hopefully uh, uh, to, to, to get repaired. But it's but it but it's very heartbreaking uh, to to see what is happening uh, to this generation. I mean, it seems to me uh, as if we're losing almost losing a generation uh, because of uh, so much of the violence that we see uh, on a daily basis. And you alluded to it earlier. I mean, this is like I mean, this I mean, more more people are dying. More young people are dying. Uh, this is the number one cause of death of young people in this entire country, surpassing uh, some of the diseases that you mentioned. Uh, and and when you when you when you when you just think about that on the whole, and you talk to some of your colleagues about it, it really does become heartbreaking, does it not? Well, I, yes. I mean, it does. The, the trouble now is that it is so commonplace for us. I mean, we take care of dozens of these every month. It's to the point where it just becomes part of your job and. It shouldn't. It shouldn't just be part of your job. These children should not have bullets inside their body. Uh, we looked at all of our data, uh, including coroner data, uh, for the last decade, and of all the children that get shot, five percent don't survive the incident. So you think five percent—that's a pretty small number. But we have well over 1,100 patients in the last decade, or 1,100 children who've been shot in the last decade. We're losing dozens of kids to gun violence and death. Not to mention 
the change in their life, the amount of cost on the healthcare community and society to take care of these injuries and these children. It's just a very large and growing problem. It's a trickle down effect to be sure. Uh, Dr. Derek Kelly, I, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show tonight and really breaking this down into its lowest uh, common uh, denominator. Uh, the bottom line is that we have problems. We have, a, we have very serious problems here, uh, especially with guns and our young people. And thank you for doing what you do on a daily basis to try to save as many lives as you can. Dr. Derek Kelly, pediatric orthopedic surgeon, uh, working out of Campbell Clinic and Labonna Children's Hospital and so many other places. Thank you uh, for coming on the show tonight and really breaking it down for us. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for bringing some awareness to this topic. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Derek Kelly. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking and it is staggering to understand uh, what we are dealing with on, on a daily basis. It's not just the stories that you see uh, on the news, you know, where parents and family members or friends, you know, are mourning the loss of yet another young person. Uh, Friday night uh, downtown, right down, not too far from down here on Main Street, uh, an 18-year-old person, a young person uh, was shot in the chest. Uh, he's in the hospital in critical condition right now now. Uh, day before that, a 17-year-old was shot uh, Friday afternoon at the Sonic restaurant here in town as well. Uh, he's dead. Uh, you know, we're losing an entire generation. Uh, we truly are. And unless uh, something dramatically changes uh, or unless uh, people realize that, you know, we need to stop talking about this and start doing something about this. Uh, we will continually have this problem. And uh, we thank God for, for surgeons like Dr. Derek Kelly who are, who are ringing the bell and bringing notice to what we are dealing with. And this is an epidemic, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and if we don't continue to try to control it, uh, we're not going to have another generation, a younger generation uh, to take over. We're going to take another break. And when we come back, uh, we are going to continue our conversation on this Monday edition of Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. Very glad to have you with us on this evening. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Hueys is proud to support WYXR. Established in 1970 with 10 locations, Huey's menu includes burgers, sandwiches, and more. More information at HueyBurger.com. On November 17th, Minglewood Hall will host indie folk band The Head and the Heart. The night will begin with an opening set by indie pop artist Yoke Lore. More information regarding tickets can be found at MinglewoodHall.com. Support for WYXR comes from Culver Accounting, full-service audit, tax, accounting, and consulting firm serving the Mid-South. More information at culvercpa.com.
Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR. And he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this uh, beautiful Monday evening in the city. And uh, uh, Chip here, very glad to have you uh, all along for the ride. Now, uh, my next guest uh, is, uh, I I would say uh, she's a broadcast icon in uh, our community. Uh, She and I were were former colleagues uh, uh, back in the day at the WMC-TV Action News 5. Uh, (laughs) She is um, uh, one of the best... Uh, reporters and anchors I think I've ever seen on television and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about her career uh, and uh, where things are today please welcome to the show Kim Clark and Kim as I said during the break it is great to see you my friend how are you doing great it's so good to see you too Chip absolutely absolutely now Kim for the record uh, and in terms of your longevity uh, (laughs) with uh, Memphis viewers has it been 30 years yet 35 years. Are you serious? 35 years. I'm serious. 35 years. In local. 35 years, June 20th. Wow. That's a, that is a, that's a legacy, my friend. You know, you're, you're, you're a legend. You're becoming legendary now. When you, you you go over three decades, you know, I got to put it, I got to put that label on you. Uh, (laughs) She says dirt. Well, listen, you have, you have, you have been there. You have seen it all. And all of your professional career has been at uh, Action News 5, correct? No, actually, I started off. Actually, I started off in um, Macon, Georgia. Okay. At station, uh, Fun 41, we used to call it, a WMG-TV. And then I moved to Augusta. I was there for a little bit, and then I came here. Wow, wow. Well, it's, it's, been, it's been quite a journey. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would ask you, I, I see you, you're, you're kind of an ageless wonder. Every time I, I watch you, <laughs> and I say to myself, Nobody ages. I mean, she doesn't age either. Like Joe and then you and then oh, no. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, seriously, you've been you've been doing it for thirty five years. So, uh, Kim, you know, from the time you started uh, in in the news business, and we all know how legendary uh, WMC TV is uh, to all of us here in this community. Uh, you've seen the uh, ever changing face of news. Uh, and right. uh, not not only you know how we how we gather news and and how we and how we and how we broadcast news today, uh, it really has changed uh, quite a bit. But as you look back on your career, uh, what are some of the biz- biggest changes you've seen uh, in in the news business, in the news gathering business, and how you do what you do on a daily basis? Yeah, well, one of the funny, one of the most interesting things to me is when I first started out, I was a one, what we called, we called one man bands then. Oh, yeah. I mean, I shot my own video and all that. Yeah. Well, we're going back to that now. Um, we have a lot of, what well, now they call them multimedia journalists. Yeah. And I think it's because, well, when I, the way, the reason why it was that way when I started is because it was a small market and they didn't have a lot of people. Um, but now I think the reason why you're seeing it more is because of cost. I mean, there's so such a small pie, pieces of pie now to share among so many different uh, organiz- TV yeah, stations, sure. channels. Mm-hmm. So uh, this, the crews are smaller, the, the, the staff is smaller and younger too, <laughs> much younger, and especially in Memphis. 
Yeah, you know that that's that's how I came in. When I came in uh, the Channel Five, I came in as a, as a, as the one man band, as you like to say. Yeah. And uh, and uh, thank God uh, that the cameras were were smaller and a bit lighter back I then because <laughs> I had an see, I had the big old ikigami when I started. Yeah, I did too. Grit. It was a big yeah, and the and the and the battery probably weighed as much as a it probably weighed more than a camera does now. That's exactly right. Um, That's exactly. Yeah, right. and then I had the deck too. Yeah. And then I had to put, put the tape in <laughs> okay. and push the play. <laughs> I'm getting chills just thinking about them days. <laughs> my back is starting to hurt, Kim. <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> going. Oh my God. But 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 you're right. I think I think that one of the biggest things that that you see today is uh, that has affected news uh, is economics, and uh, yeah. because I mean they're trying to they're bringing in you know, a lot of younger younger folks uh, getting yeah. their first. Uh, now you know when you first started out it was in small market and things like this, and now you know you have a lot of people coming to Memphis, uh, you know to get that to, to learn what they need to learn, right. and then they move on. Is it still as big a transient business? Is I that's that's the phrase. I like to use. I mean, they come for a pit stop and they get some stuff on tape and they move on. Is that is that still yeah. prevalent? Well, yeah. You know, what's funny is when I first came to Channel Five, people would stay here, would stay at Channel Five for life. You know, yeah. but it has changed. Now people, maybe two years, three, four years, maybe five. But a lot of people are moving on now, moving on to bigger and better things because it's easier. I think because of the way the business is now it's easier for people to move like when i first came here you had to have five years experience yeah or mm -hmm. or have been at two other stations at least you know wow now it, that's not the case so people are and that's why we're hiring younger people too because people who have experience are going to the big markets now they don't have to work in smaller markets sure i uh you know i just chose to stay here in memphis because i liked it and i like the city but you know well, listen. Well, listen, folks. Folks surely love you. Now, speaking of the younger folks, and I remember I had Joe on the show, and I and I asked him, you know, about this. You know, look, no one can tell you, or you know, or Joe, or any of the veterans who've been around there for such a long time, uh, you know, how how this business is supposed to work. So mm -hmm. when uh, young folks come in, uh, you all play the role of uh, mentors uh, because yep. you've been there, you've done that, and you've experienced everything. So uh, what what types of things are when the young folks come to you and say, Kim, uh, you know, when they're writing a story or trying to produce a story, trying to put something together or, or, mm -hmm. or this or that, what, what, what kind of things uh, uh, do they ask you? And more importantly, what kind of things do you tell them about the ever-changing face of news today? Well, um... I have to say, quite honestly, I'm trying to think of it. Mainly, it's just they want to know what, you know, should should I ask this? Should I ask that? Right. Um, it, it, quite honestly, a lot of the kids, you, you have to be so careful today. Because, you know, when I was, when I came along, you, you didn't get a lot of kid glove handling. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you I know those days, did. too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But nowadays, the kids nowadays are a little bit more sensitive, and 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 come in wanting, <laughs> come in come in wanting work life balance, which is something I didn't know, I didn't earn until I didn't figure it out until not too long ago. Um, <laughs> so you got to be, you have to, you, we can't approach them the same way we did when I was coming, when I was first coming up. You got to yeah. be a little bit more gentle and um, uh, give them more. Nuanced guiding hand, um, and and generic. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, I do know what you mean. Yeah, I do. Yeah, 
And you, de- and you, you know, you mentioned Kim. I, I didn't mean to cut you. You, you, you mentioned uh, though the the longevity factor. Uh, and Channel Five, I mean, for for yeah, people just, I mean, when you got there, you stayed there. I remember the first day I walked in that station, I was like, this is this is a legendary place. <laughs> and I don't know how you felt, but I mean, it, I, I just was like, I was I was a bit in awe. Uh, because of the people that were working there, you know, you right. and Joe and Jarvis and, and Dave and and just so many people who have uh, so many people have grown up watching, yeah. you know, all, on television and and uh, you know and you're still there. Uh, but 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 they, they seem to culture. They seem to uh, put forth a culture of, of of not only learning, but uh, there is a credibility and there's a standard. I think that WMC uh, has. Yes. Uh, am I right about t- talk about that a little bit? If I think mean. so too. I think so. I mean, we we tend to, I mean, some, we, we, some people say we're stodgy, you know, stuck <laughs> in the mud. But, but I, the, the the what we're having to balance nowadays is because people want more information about, you know, the crime is so bad now. People want to know everything that's going on sure. when it's happening sure. in their neighborhood. But Channel 5 has always been the type of station that was very uh, careful about how we presented stories and what information we released unless it was verified by two or more sources you know we don't release it sure um and we're still trying to do that but we're trying to be more nimble and more quick about at least alerting people you know now we now it's not just what's on tv it's what's online as well and the little alerts you get on your phone you know this little thing here is yes you know most people a lot of people get their news that's the way they get their from, news exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah from youtube and all of that so that's what we're competing against so we've got to keep up and citizen journalists too you know yeah yeah you know you mentioned that uh kim and and and, and uh, the the advent of, of technology and as you said people get their news from smartphones i mean you know we're going 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 and and, and you know but that also requires more work, uh, you know, from the producers, and you all now yep. you have a digital desk that you didn't have back in the day. So there's yep. really a lot more that goes into it to to mm-hmm. to further your point, as as you said, to keep up with with the yeah. the, the, the demanding uh, times that are changing. Correct? Definitely, definitely. I mean, we didn't have a web team when I first came here. We didn't even know what a web team right. was. There was no such thing. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. But now we have a, a we we have a pretty sizable web team. We may even have a larger web team. Then, no, I wouldn't say we have more web, web people than reporters, but we have a big web team, right? Because it's important, right? Um, that's we, we we have news now on YouTube, we have things on Instagram, yeah, we have things on, like you said, the digital desk, yeah. Um, we have different, like, plus different uh, action news five plus, we have stations on road. I mean, it's just it, there's a lot more ground we have to cover now and, and make sure that we're putting our information out on so many different platforms now as opposed to just TV. That's probably one of the biggest changes that I see. And I think that's going to continue. Yeah, probably so. I'm going to ask you a question that just that only a, a few of us, because uh, I consider myself old these days as well. But I mean, <laughs> I'm just talking about me. But do you remember a time when television actually had an off switch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> remember, well, you the, know, you'd be up at, at midnight yeah. and the Star Spangled Banner would start playing. Exactly and then, right. 
<laughs> off with the TV. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's but it. now it's 24 hours. It's 24 hours, seven, seven days a week. It never stops. It never stops. Yep. You know. Yep. Well, yep. I, you know, I, I commend you for for being able to to to, uh, to keep up with the times because they are changing. You know, especially yeah. for veteran news. Now, Kim, I do know this about you. I don't. I very rarely, if ever, see you do interviews like this. I mean, you know, you just we see you on TV <laughs> every day doing your thing, doing the news, but you don't do many interviews like this, do you? Well, it, you know, it's kind of. Or have you kind of, cut cut I, cut I've, down? I've done a few now and then, but it's kind of disconcerting for me because you know I'm used to asking the questions. Yes, yeah. and, and having it flipped on you, it's kind of <laughs> kind of uncomfortable, Chip. Yeah, well, I hope I'm making but it comfortable. I, I do, yeah, I try and do interviews when I you know every now and then. Yeah, you know? well, I hope I make it comfortable for you. You know, we go back the long way. I you have, I appreciate you it. Have. Well, Kim Clark, it's always great to see you, my friend. I was really excited when you said, "Yeah, come on, just just make sure I I, I know we." know when i need to be there and we and we try to make that happen for you kim clark uh anchor action news 5 wmc tv thank you so much for coming on the show and uh you know continue to do what you do and what you seem like you love to do for as long as you want to do it thank you chip thank you for having me on your show too absolutely that you take care of yourself we'll talk to you down the road ladies and gentlemen yes sir thank you kim uh kim clark boy i tell you she has 35 years 35 years when they you know the the the, when they call wmc tv5 legendary that is an example of what is legendary about wmc tv action news five we thank kim for being on the show one final break And when we come back, we're going to shift gears and talk a little bit about education and one of the best kept secrets here in Memphis. This is Real Talk Memphis. I am Chip. You know who you are. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. This is Anita Ward, here to tell you a bit about my alma mater, Russ College, which supports the music of the Mid-South through its partnerships with WYXR. I've been known for singing since my days on campus, and I continue to sing Russ College's praises. Did you know Russ College offers 23-plus majors? Two new ones will be implemented this fall, Forensic Science and Religious Studies. For more information on admissions, enrollment, and activities, visit russcollege.edu. University of Memphis Department of Theater and Dance presents their fall faculty dance concert, Chroma, a compilation of choreographed works by University of Memphis dance faculty and guest artists, turning an intensified lens on the varying colors of life and every season we encounter. Chroma runs November 16th through the 18th at 7.30 p.m. in the Edward and Bernice Humphreys Theater Building on Central Avenue. More information can be found at memphis.edu theater.
Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. Chip Washington here uh, with you. And, uh, you know, we talked uh, uh, earlier and we talked uh, during, uh, uh, you know, just just before this segment uh, that uh, there are some wonderful schools here uh, in Memphis and Shelby County. There are absolutely no doubt about that. But there is one. And, you know, we've never really done anything about it, but they are doing big things academically in our community. Uh, So we are very happy uh, to have with us this evening uh, the Chief of External Relations for Freedom Prep Academy. Her name is Tiffany Perry, and she joins us now. Tiffany, it's great to see you. Thank you again for coming on Real Talk Memphis. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, Of course, uh, our CEO, Ms. Robin Webb, is traveling, so she sends her regards. Absolutely that. Um, But I am happy to be here to talk with you tonight. Well, absolutely. We're so happy to have you. And of course, uh, your school uh, has uh, has a has a big anniversary coming up. Fifteen years uh, next year, uh, Freedom uh, Prep Academy uh, has been uh, preparing students, as you like to say, uh, in grades pre-K through twelve to excess in to uh, excel rather in college uh, and in life. I will ask you a very simple question, and I don't know if it has a simple answer. But what makes Freedom Prep Academy so special? And why is it that your students excel so much uh, at that school? Well, that is a loaded question. Yes, it is. (laughs) um, Let me just start at the very beginning. Um, Freedom Prep, of course, was founded in 2009 Mm -hmm. uh, by our CEO, Ms. Robin Webb. And I think uh, it it really was started. I don't think I know. It really was started because Ms. Webb is a former um, education attorney who quickly realized that the modern day uh, civil rights movement really lies with us being able to provide a quality education for children, specifically children of color. Mm. Uh, So she set out on this mission um, to create this school where she and other innovative educators had the autonomy um, to really make decisions academically for children that best Um, really suited their needs and how they like to learn. And so um, she started this school with, you know, a class of maybe 100 um, sixth graders Mm -hmm. and 10 employees. And over the years, it has grown now to a total of five schools. Um, And we service um, around 2,000 students now, all in the Westwood and Whitehaven community. And so we have two elementary schools, two middle schools, and one high school. And currently, both of our middle schools are the only middle schools in the Westwood and Whitehaven community Mm. that are considered a level five. And so level five is the highest distinction that you can receive um, as far as Tennessee value-added assessment scores. Mm meaning that we are showing significant academic growth in our students based on 
the teaching methods and the innovation being used in our schools to educate our babies. I was going to say uh, that's that's extraordinarily impressive. And with uh, the ever-changing face of uh, academics these days, uh, how do you keep it uh, on a level that is interesting to these young people and more importantly challenging, you know, at best? Because, you know, I mean, they're going to be our future leaders one day, so you have to challenge their minds as well. How do you how, how do you do that at Freedom Prep? You know, I think that's a great question. So with us having five schools, one of the beautiful things that I see um, that our our school leaders and our heads of schools are great at is really building synergy across grade bands. Right. And mm-hmm. so when kids come to us early on um, and they stay with Freedom Prep. Um, we have the opportunity to really monitor those students to understand what their what their needs are so that as they matriculate through the freedom prep uh, network from, you know, lower school to middle school to high school, mm-hmm. uh, we're able to really understand those students, understand their needs and be able to cater um, directly to providing the services, the, uh, you know, the rigor, the curriculum, the supports um, that they need to excel. Um, Freedom Prep, we offer social workers on each of our campus to be able to help not only our students and families with addressing barriers to education, um, but our social workers also help, you know, our teachers deal with, you know, the stress that comes with everyday, you know, teaching to keep them in a better mood. Because if you don't have strong teachers, you don't have people in your classroom who can make this type of an impact. Um, with our young people. And so we really try to focus on holistically um, developing children right. and not just the curriculum. How how unusual is that? I don't know that I have heard. Well, I guess that I have heard in the past that there are social workers at, at some of these schools. But but is that something that is becoming more common, do you think? Or, or is it still you know, relatively uncommon, depending on where you are? It's still relatively uncommon. Um, I know in some uh, districts, even some of the districts uh, around here, you know, social workers are shared among schools. Right. And, you know, really since COVID, there is a need, um, even before COVID, right? But really since COVID, I think there's a heightened need to have social workers available. Mm-hmm. Um, but in some cases, you schools that are sharing social workers where they may have 10, 11, 12 schools assigned to them. So it may be a little bit of a wait or a delay before students can, uh, you know, receive services. But that's not the case at Freedom Prep. You mentioned uh, something that that affected uh, all of us, uh, and, I'm, and I'm sure you you, you will uh, you all as well. Uh, COVID, uh, COVID uh, changed the face of everything that we knew Absolutely. was normal uh, yes. before before <laughs> before 2020. Uh, yes. uh, how have uh, coming back to a more normalized uh, uh, system and structure? Uh, how has that adjustment been for kids who were probably out of school? Uh, you know, doing things differently academically uh, versus coming back to a more normal normalized environment. Yeah. And, you know, Chip, we don't talk about it enough, I don't think. But um, we saw huge declines in student academic growth, um, you know, that first year coming back from COVID. Um, I myself, you know, am a mother as well. And even I noticed just some of the kids were, you know, after you've been home for almost a whole year, you know, you're disengaged. You know, there's social issues that come with you now being back in the classroom. Sure, sure. 
Um, and so we saw some of those things early on, but I really do believe this year we're starting to really stabilize and get back to normal. Mm -hmm. uh, I really think that started to happen last year, which is clear as a result of um, our new TVOS scores um, and, and that we're a level five. But I think this year we're really starting to see things stabilize a lot more um, from the impact of COVID. We saw enrollment declines. You know, Memphis is already a very transient uh, community. Sure, sure. So around a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so we're, we're just seeing things kind of stabilize now, which is great, you know, from a student growth perspective. Because the longer they stay with us, you know, the more academic growth we see in them. One of the things that uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, is the fact that uh, Ms. Webb and you all are planning to open up another school, uh, this one in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, next year in 2024. How did that yeah. come about? Well, you know, for Freedom Prep, you know, our mission, again, is to ensure that you know, we're preparing students in pre-K and 12 for college and in life. And, and our vision is to really transform education for students of color across the South. Mm -hmm. And so this is really a part of CEO Webb's vision um, for Freedom Prep. Um, I think it is a wonderful, um, you know, testament to the hard work um, that Freedom Prep has put in and really dedicated their, you know, the work to to students and the lives of improving students academically, mm -hmm. that this is happening um, during the 15th anniversary of us successfully serving students in Memphis. And so, um, you know, even looking at the history of the civil rights movement in Birmingham, it's so significant as it is here in Memphis mm -hmm. that it was a natural next place um, for us to launch a school. And so we will be opening in August of 2024 um, with kindergarten and first graders. And then we plan to add a grade a year thereafter. That is uh, quite a challenging agenda. Do you find uh, Do you find that based on uh, what CEO Webb has done uh, in setting all of this up uh, and uh, the success rate uh, of the the high success rate of this school, uh, uh, would you consider you you all a, a template for for uh, academics uh, these days and and really how it should be done? Particularly since uh, Tiffany, you said you you all start from when they're babies all the way up through high school yeah. and going into college. Talk about that a little bit. You know, I absolutely would consider, um, you know, CEO Webb likes to joke all the time. She calls herself a dinosaur um, <laughs> in this game, but I refer to her as an OG um, in this game because she's been doing this work successfully. She clearly set a vision 15 years ago for where she wanted this school to be yeah. and the impact that she wanted it to have with young people. And, you know, the, the great thing is that to me, she didn't just talk about it. She actually walked the walk, mm. talked the talk. That That is who she is. Mm. And that's clear with the support that she has going into Birmingham um, next year. We are super excited to welcome those families as a part of the Eagle family. And we're definitely, uh, you know, a school to watch. Uh, she has reformed her um, her leadership team. Um, we are a all-female um, executive team. Look out now. Look out. Yeah. 
All right. Yes, All we right. are a, a powerful group of, of little women, I like to say. Okay. All um, right. And so we we have all sorts of experience in charter schools, in public schools, um, a group of fabulous educators. So shout out to um, the rest of my executive team as well, because they are a phenomenal group of women that is prepared to take uh, Freedom Prep into the next 15 years. Sounds like an absolutely amazing uh, a collaboration uh, of, of, of great minds from all of you. Uh, Tiffany uh, Perry, uh, External Relations, Chief of External Relations for uh, Freedom Prep Academy. Thanks for coming on the show. This has been enlightening for me and and I'm really proud of uh, of all of your work and you tell CEO Webb that uh, I said hello and I look forward to talking with her down the road and continued success in all that you do to educate our young minds. We surely need it. And, and thank you so much, Chip. And please, you know, work with us. Remind your families that applications open on December 1st. So if you have a a future eagle, um, you know, look out on our website, freedomprep.org. Applications open for next school year. December um, 1st. Our, December 1st. December 1st, okay. yes. And okay. we're currently hiring educators as well. Okay. So, um, you know, check our website out. Um, we're, we're looking for bright talent. Um, you do not have to, uh, you know, wait until the spring to start looking. Um, look now, engage with us. Right. You know, we love to grow our family, um, either if it's staff, faculty or students. Tiffany, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll be talking down the road. You all Absolutely. Uh, best of luck to you. Thank you. Take thank care. You. Have thank a good you. evening. You too. You too. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the way, that's how you end the broadcast right there. We're talking about education, uh, bright minds, uh, futures, uh, leaders, and uh, uh, the folks over at Freedom Prep Academy, uh, CEO Webb, and uh, her fine uh, staff over there are doing a wonderful job, and we appreciate them taking the time to explain that to us uh, as well. And again, uh, if you're interested, uh, look, uh, December 1st, right? Go to the website, uh, check out their website, and if you're interested, uh, if you have a student you may want to look into getting over there, or you you're a teacher or a, a faculty member, you know, you might want to check that out. That's a good opportunity. This has been a great show tonight. I really appreciate all my guests for being here. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, uh, before I get out of here, uh, I just want to say we have thousands of visitors in our city. Thousands, literally thousands of people have come here for the 115th Holy Kojic Convocation. Uh, which uh, begins, uh, formally begins tomorrow. Uh, and uh, look, in spite of uh, our challenges in our city, in spite of the problems that we, are, we see, in spite of the crime issues, let us put our best foot forward here. We have visitors coming uh, into our city uh, who come each and every year, uh, and they, they're praying for us. Uh, we're praying for them. And we all need to pray for each other uh, in situations like this. So put our best foot forward and, and let's, uh, let's, let's, let's put the foolishness on pause. Uh, we see more than enough of that out here, uh, not only in our city, but all over the country. So let's just put that on pause uh, for right now. And who knows, uh, maybe if we put it on pause long enough, it may become a new tradition in our city. So as Bryn plays us out, thank you uh, for uh, checking us out. Really appreciate you. If you've not, uh, if you missed uh, any part of the broadcast tonight, uh, you know, we're a podcast uh, and we will post the show tomorrow. And I think I forgot to mention that at the top of the show uh, about how to get us. Uh, but, but in any event, <laughs> uh, you can check out a rebroadcast of the show on my page, on my personal Facebook page. Uh, and uh, we, are a po- we are a podcast. So tomorrow afternoon, 
Uh, the show will be posted. You can pick us up wherever you get your podcast, and of course, we're on YouTube as well. So, uh, for my uh, wonderful can't do without crew, for Bryn, for Nicole, uh, and for Lola, I am Chip. I want you to have a wonderful week. I want you to have a safe week. Uh, let's look out for each other because we're what matters the most. And until next time, we are out. See ya. Yeah.